0: Podcast is a proud member of the Fan Hub 100. Football without fans is nothing, so we've partnered with Fan Hub to put fans first. Search Fan Hub app to play your part in the journey.
1: You're listening to the Voices of the Vic podcast with Ben Ayton and Mike Duffy. This episode contains some strong language. Hello and welcome to the Voices of the Vic podcast with me, Mike Duffy and Ben Aiton. It's uh, Sunday morning, eight o'clock and another Watford win, that's six on the bounce now for the Hornets. So can't quite believe how well we have done like, it's just been amazing. And uh, here to talk to me about it is, as always, is my trusty co-host Ben Aiton. Ben, Sunday morning, how are you doing? It's Saturday morning, mate. Um, oh, sh- oh, God, there
2: it is. <laughs> I was going to say, I, I'm, a bit, I'm a bit muddled up at the moment yeah. because we played yesterday, oh, Good God. Friday, but it felt like a Saturday. Yeah, I, I don't know about you, but I was sitting down, settling down. And I was fully expecting to watch Saturday Night Takeaway of Ant and Deck, and then there was nothing on TV. <laughs> I was like, what day is this? What's going oh, on? God. Um, so, yeah, it's actually Saturday, so Thanks
1: for that, mate. this weekend's <laughs> gonna
2: be a bit confusing, isn't it? But yeah, yeah, I'm I'm doing all right, mate. I'm I'm glad that um some restrictions have eased during the week, which have allowed us to meet up with more people during the week, and it's actually allowed us to start playing football again. Like you know, yeah. I play six a side football quite a lot in Berkhamsted, and um that league started up again on Monday night. So absolutely buzzing to be back with the boys and playing football again. So yeah. apart from that, it's been a really good week actually. Um good then stuff. yesterday's results and then other results going our way. Yeah, yeah. As, as Truce Econ would say, it was a good Friday. It turned into a great Friday. <laughs>
1: yeah, love it. Does, uh, does Tommy Smith still play on a Monday night? Does he man?
2: Yes, he does. I was in his league last season, but we got relegated. So uh, he's oh. the league
1: above me at the moment. Him and
2: um, his brother Jack Smith are in the same yes. team. Um, actually, Nigel uh, Winterburn plays up there in the Vets League as well. Jesus, I was going to say, yeah, so... it must
1: be what walking football.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'll be joining them in two years when I am thirty-five.
1: <laughs> ah, say no more. Um, yeah, and I think since we last spoke, you've uh, you've had your birthday, haven't we? Was that we haven't had a podcast since, have we?
2: Yeah, I turned 33 um, the yeah. other week, um, nothing to shout home about. Um, <laughs> I, I didn't really do much. It was it fell on the Sunday, so I actually lost an hour that day, and yeah. that was my second lockdown birthday in a row, so I don't know what I've done to upset the gods, but yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah they've, they've hit you with a double whammy there. We'll we'll change the clock to make the day shorter, and uh, <laughs> you, you, you're in lockdown as well. But no, that's uh, that's that's great to hear. I mean, from myself, I, I, I've taken advantage of the new rules, obviously. I was... Around a friend of mine yesterday so it's another one of these voices of the vic episodes where i didn't watch the game personally i was keeping tabs on soccer saturday very nerve-wracking um soccer saturday watching that was and um and yeah and then just with my fitness update i've lost another two pounds so i'm down to 12 pounds now so two more and it's a stone that i've lost so well done, man. Uh, that's all being good. thank you very well much um me and Ben aren't alone, as you would have seen yesterday. We are joined by Sam Uko from the WD18 fans uh, channel. Sam, thank you very much for joining us. How how are you this morning on, on Saturday morning? Uh, and how's your week been? Yeah, no,
0: it, it's been really good. Um, completely understand what Ben was saying, how it really did feel like a Saturday yesterday. <laughs> Yeah. with all the championship games at three o'clock and then, you know, a later kickoff as well. So yeah, it, 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 weird day yesterday, but I'm buzzing with the three points. Uh, the, the fact it's in Watford's, Watford's hands now as well. Yeah. And the fact that results are kind of going our way for once uh, yeah. is, is is a really good thing. So yeah, I'm buzzing. Um, my week, it was, it, it was all right. been on holiday at the moment. Um because I'm in year 13, obviously, we've got kind of the last stretch of school uh, yeah. before I kind of finished school completely. So, yeah, just been preparing for that really.
1: Well, like you said, it's, it's good that, you know, Watford have been, uh, been playing well and making our weeks ultimately better because it's, yeah, uh, exactly. exactly. it's very, very good at the moment. Right. As always, we will start with the team news. Now, Ben, me and you were, um, we always confer before putting our team line out on the, the podcast Twitter account before, uh, before a game. And me and you were sort of trying to piece together how we were going to line up. And I think a lot of Watford fans were probably doing the same thing. So for those that don't know, obviously with the international break, I think we had 11 called up in the end. Uh, off the top of my head, Ken Semmer played a full 90 minutes just 48 hours before. Uh, Danny Backman actually only ever made the bench out of the three Austria games, which is very, very bizarre. Um, Trouste de Kung played for Nigeria. Messina played for Morocco. Uh, Andre Gray played for the uh, Jamaica, so we, we had that to name a few, we had quite a few players go, so we were sort of thinking right, well, how, how are we going to line up and then obviously Sarr took a knock against Rotherham, so he uh, missed the Birmingham game and then we was like, we're probably not going to see him today we might see him on Monday against Middlesbrough, uh, but the team moves, Ben, when it come out Gosling and Semer out Zink and Argon and Sar in, like yeah, so a real sort of surprise there with the inclusion of Saar, wasn't it? But you, you were confident that he was going to play, weren't you, Ben?
2: Yeah, I thought the social media team was pretty quiet during the week and that normally alludes to maybe him being fit for the game. Like, you wouldn't really post videos of him in training um, to give the opposition a bit of an inkling to think that he was actually going to start. So I just thought there was something behind the scenes that kind of gave me hope that Saar was actually going to start. And then also seeing that summer. 48 hours before the game as well. I really thought they was going to do everything in their will to actually get Sar to play because you, you couldn't have gone into that game with Sar and Senate by missing from the starting lineup. Um, it was great to see Zinko Eagle come back into his side as well. He fully recovered after that little knock on his ribs that he took against Rotherham away the other week. So it was good to see him come back in as well. And it, it was good to see Cabaselli back on the bench. I know we didn't see him come off the off a bench or anything yesterday, but he's been out for a long time, so it's good to see that he's he's fit now enough to um, have an appearance on the bench
1: yeah yeah absolutely and some a massive sigh of relief as as i say to to see sarah on the pitch was was you perhaps expecting it to be a bit too soon as well maybe
0: yeah i think you always have to be careful at, at this point in the season uh because you know it, it, it would be very plausible for sarah not to play yesterday not fully fit and you know take a hit and probably miss the remainder of our games um and, you know, obviously don't really want to take those risks. I look at, you know, Tom Cleverley, who people were expecting to be on the bench yesterday, but he supposedly took another minor knock in training, so they gave him the rest. But mm. I was surprised to see Saar fully fit. Um, but, you know, as surprised as I was, equally as good to see him back. And he played an absolutely massive role in us getting the win yesterday. So absolutely buzzing with that. And he's going to be massive for us in the run it.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely he is, and you you talk about playing a part. We're going to jump straight to that moment now. Ben, that ball from Messina, that crossfield ball, it was like having Etienne and back the way was spraying those crossfield balls. Pinpoint it was. It was, it was just high enough where it was just over the Brent, uh, not Brentford, the Sheffield Wednesday defenders' head, and it literally landed pinpoint at his feet. So that ball from Messina, I want to say well done to him because that was crazy. And then he obviously saw doing what he's pretty much done all season. He's crossed the ball in. Success would have been there to tap home, but Tommy Lees, I think his name is, uh, got the own goal and, and put it into the back of the net. There was maybe, I think the lino put his flag up because I think he probably thought that success had touched it on the way in. But uh, Chris Kavanagh, who, um who is usually a Premier League official, went over, had a chat with him and then decided, no, it's a goal for Watford. But Ben, we, we keep we, we start these podcasts, it seems to say. It's it, you know, it seems like we start these podcasts the the same sort of every week, in the sense of we're always getting that first goal at the VIC and we're always getting that early goal. And do you think yesterday, I know perhaps jumping ahead a little bit here, but do you think yesterday that was key to get the early goal because of how the rest of the game sort of panned out?
2: Um, I think so, yeah, but I think it was the same as the Birmingham game as well. It was vital to get that early goal because Birmingham looked a threat... um... In the first half as well. And if they took their chances, it would have been a completely different game in that first half. So, yeah, it's a story of what for season at the moment. We're starting the games really fast at the moment and it's settling nerves. When we get that early goal, I think it dents the confidence in the opposition and they think, oh, we're not going to come back from here. Especially with Sheffield Wednesday, they they have a stat where every time they concede a season first, they lose every single game. So that will be playing into the back of their heads as well. Um, so, yeah, yeah, fantastic start from what for yesterday. Like you say, that ball from Messina was pinpoint accuracy and something that. Kapoo's probably took him on the training going numerous <laughs> times back at London Coney.
1: Yeah, yeah, it was uh, it was great to uh, to see that finally. You, you know, we we missed those since Kapoo's left, and I used to love watching him spray that. You know, across the field, and uh, it really, really was good. But Sheffield Wednesday, you know, for a team that was sort of well, they're they're in trouble big time, basically. So they they looked a, they looked a decent threat, didn't they?
0: yeah they did um i'd say that's that's probably more down to the fact that our team we looked a little bit I wouldn't say fatigued but kind of not continuing the momentum that we had before the international break yeah. i mean you know we, we were just saying off air how barry bannon absolutely ran the show yesterday he was absolutely incredible for them uh, one of the best probably individual performances we've seen against us this season but yeah I, you know if they carry on playing like that and hope that other teams kind of have off days then i imagine they will be completely fine this season um you know, perhaps their their league position doesn't reflect their true abilities because of their point de- points deduction, but they caused us a few problems yesterday. I thought uh, Jordan Rhodes probably should have scored that chance at the back post, yes. which is yeah over the bar. Um, so, 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 but but overall, I thought you know we did manage the game pretty well. truce to consistency, our were solid as
1: always. So, you know, not much to complain about overall. Yeah, and it's interesting you mentioned that points deduction. It was nine to start with, then it got reduced to six. If that points deduction didn't take place, they would actually be sitting um, where Birmingham City are sitting um, on... Goal difference they'd be above them I think although last night I'm just thinking now last night with the win for Birmingham City um, I think they'd be just outside the relegation zone if it wasn't for that points deduction so um, yeah they, you know, they're, they're no mugs basically for a team that are right down there but as you say they sort of threatened um, you know I think the, the first one really was I think they've got some very uh, difficult pronunciations of names in this squad. So I'm going to butcher a few of these, but uh, Pelu Pessi, I think he, he sort of had a, a, a shot at the edge of the box, but he didn't really trouble um, Backman. And then Urhag Hyde. Also, um, he headed from a, a, a near post corner, but he, he nodded wide. And then obviously, as as Sam mentioned, Jordan Rhodes probably should have uh, done a little bit better from that one. But I think that, that was in the, uh, the second half, I believe. But, um, it was, it's it's just at the moment about getting that first goal and we seem to be doing that. I think there's a start out there. I can't think how many games we've played at home this season, but I think there's only one game at home this season where we haven't scored the first goal. And I think that was the Cardiff game, which we lost. So it really, really is vital. Um, I mean, you know, going into halftime, as you say, it, the, the game sort of petered out a little bit from Watford. I think it was perhaps evident that the international break perhaps didn't do us very, very well. Uh, you know, I, I was always a bit worried. Um, in fact, Ben, I'd like to get your thoughts on this. Going into the game, was you perhaps worried that the international break would come at the wrong time for Watford and would disrupt the flow? Or was you thinking, well, it'll actually give us maybe a little bit of a breather and then we can go again? Because a few players were looking a bit tired. Uh, and I know, you know, we had there was that game where we didn't have a midweek game and it was a week till the next one. I think it was a cut from Forest to Cardiff and obviously people were saying Sema needs a rest and everything else. So what, what were your thoughts on the international break coming at, at the time it did? Uh, well,
2: I don't like the international breaks at all. I completely hate it. I think it yeah. disrupts everything, especially when you're in a title run like this. Um, yeah, I, I said it, a title run. Um, not just a promotion run. This is a title <laughs> run <laughs> now. Um, well, you laughed, you laughed at me about four weeks ago no, when I, I we could catch Norwich. So now we're six points behind to... them and still got to play them. So yeah, yeah. it's a title run, this is. Um, but yeah, it completely disrupts momentum as well. We Before yesterday's game, that was five win on a bounce. Then players, they go away for international break. Truth Econ was playing for Nigeria and had to get a flight back Wednesday um Semer who really needed probably not to go on the international break played the full 90 minutes against Estonia which was pretty pointless really um and then he traveled back early Thursday morning so all the players that would have wanted the rest all ended up traveling away to their international um countries and playing so it was a bit it's just frustrating more than anything um What you'd want is maybe to Cisco to say, come on, just maybe stick around. Um, You can play for your countries another time. Um, Let's try and get Watford promoted. But you can understand players wanting to represent their countries, can't you?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think Daniel Batman's got reason to feel a bit sort of hard done by, though, because, like I said, it's an odd one, isn't it? Like, they played three games, I think, and he was only on the bench for one of them. And now, I don't know who their normal goalkeeper is, but it is very odd. I would have expected him to at least play one of them. So, uh, he perhaps feels a little hard done by, to be honest. But, yeah, it is very, very odd. But, as you say, you know, luckily... We uh, we managed to, to sort of scrape a 1-0, really. But going into half-time, the possession stats for Watford were 51%, with 48% possession for Sheffield Wednesday. Five shots in total for Watford, two on target, four for Wednesday one on target, three corners each. And we uh, we just outdid them on passes with 206 to 190. Now, Sam, going into the second half, it was that second goal that we really, really needed, wasn't it? Because if we were going to put this game well and truly to bed, we uh, was you perhaps a little bit worried that we, we were chasing another goal against a team like Sheffield Wednesday? Or was you confident going into the second half that we'd have enough?
0: Yeah, I think when when you know as a Watford fan, and it's all one goal, I think you've always got in the back of your mind, you know. I think that's the Cardiff game uh, a couple of weeks ago when we went two one up with what thirty seconds to go or something, and I was still thinking, "Oh God, we're gonna we're gonna bottle this or something." <laughs> yep. Um, but um, yeah, I, I really I, I did feel like we needed that second goal to kill the game off um, because particularly in that first half, I didn't really think that you know we spoke about the threats that Sheffield Wednesday did give us. In the first half, I did. I don't think they really did, kind of step it up. Um, you know, they did in the second half, but I, I just felt like I just felt that we needed that second goal to really put the game out of reach for them. And unfortunately, we didn't get that. and We did very nearly, you know, pay the price for that. And yeah. that's probably something that needs to be addressed in the next week or so.
1: Yeah, Ben, was you a little bit worried about that because Sam was absolutely spot on. You know, we we sort of created chances, but. Yesterday, we weren't clinical enough, you know. Uh, And luckily, we. this is no disrespect to Sheffield Wednesday, but luckily we were playing a side that were down there. Perhaps morale is low and they, you know, can't seem to score at the moment other than winning against uh, Barnsley the other week. But do you think that we need to be more clinical in games like this? And you need to be putting three, four past teams like this because at the end of the day... I mean, our goal difference compared to Swansea's, wow. <laughs> I think it's like our goal difference is better by 14 or something, but um, it's it's all about building the goal difference from here, isn't it, Ben? Especially in games like this, I mean. Yeah, no, definitely. You've got to try and build the goal difference. I think we've actually got a better goal
2: difference than Norwich now at the moment as well. Oh, wow. um, so, yeah, you've you've it's better by one at the moment. And then, obviously, when you play them, it could either go either way. But... Yeah, you've really got to look at the goal difference and try and improve that. But ideally, it's easy to say you'd want to put three or four against Sheffield Wednesday because of their league position. But you've got to think they're fighting for their lives down there. These games aren't that easy. They're going to be fighting for their lives. And realistically, it's only going to be like a one, maybe two nil victory because they're so reliant on trying to get that point that might keep them up at the end of the season. I just felt like it was just the momentum, wasn't it? The momentum kind of... It carried on yesterday, but performance-wise, it was a bit... Um, lusted. um yeah. we didn't really get out of second gear I'd say yesterday I thought the tempo was really slow yesterday and that's what we've relied on massively over the last few weeks we set the tempo of the game we set the high press and I just felt it It lacked a little bit yesterday I think at, at times we had a really good high press and was forcing them into trouble like their goalkeeper he, he gave us possession so many times when we did uh, get the possession right at times yesterday but I just felt having all these players away on international break, it did disrupt um, the training probably during the week because you can't really work on the shape that well during the week either. Um, And now we've got a quick turnaround till uh, Monday when we play Middlesbrough as well. So, The players are probably gonna go in today and just work on recovery. I mean they'll probably work on a bit of shape Sunday morning before they get for the flight up to Middlesbrough. So again it's they're not gonna do much work on the training ground and it's just game after game at the moment now, isn't it?
1: It is, yeah. And that, that game on Monday, we'll touch about we'll touch on that in a little bit, but it, it's this sort of periods where you sort of like, This is it, like you need to start, you know, if you can Pick up a few more wins, and I'll get both of your thoughts in a minute on how many more wins you, th- you both think we, we need. But it's um, it really is that time of the season. You know, you cash your mind back to 14, 15 season, and I think the Good Friday game was Derby. And then was the Easter Monday game Middlesbrough at home, was it? I think. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, you know, and look how pivotal those games were for us, and you know, people really started to believe. I think from the Rookery, and did a, a great sort of segment on it the uh, the other day for their podcast. I think John asked. Um, Mike and Jason at what stage in that 14-15 season they started to believe we were going up and I think Mike said it was that Middlesbrough game from memory um, and then I think Jason said one of the games closer to uh, to actually going up but yeah, it's, uh, it is crunch time at the moment and I'm just glad that we uh, managed to hang on but I just want to touch on the, the substitutions yesterday uh, the first change coming he, he made a change again at 60 minutes so, he's, uh, he's back to his old ways. Uh, Andre Gray coming on for success and Dan Gosling coming on for Zink Now, Sam, I just wanted to touch on, I probably should have asked this right at the start, but success starting again. What, what are your thoughts on success getting a start? Because me and Ben spoke about it for the Birmingham game and... Um, we didn't really see it coming because obviously he's only just come back from injury. I think he'd played a handful of minutes the games before and then to be sort of thrown in the deep end. What well, I want to get your thoughts on, on success starting games. It, it's
0: a really difficult one because obviously we hadn't really seen Isaac's success, you know, in the last 18 months or so. So
2: mm.
0: we kind of didn't really know what to expect from him, whether it would be kind of a completely new player or whether it would kind of, be similar right to success. And in all fairness, it felt like a new signing in a way, him him starting for us against Birmingham before the international break. But I was I don't think he was probably the, you know, the the, the first choice to start yesterday. I think he would have probably rather have gone with Andre Gray. Um, obviously Jao Pedro down the middle with Ken Semmer out wide. So I think he only really started because Gray was out Jamaica and Sam was out with Sweden's but so i don't think we will be seeing him start too many more games if if those two stay fit but i thought he did okay nothing more than okay um you know a striker in form who who's much more you know sharper um finishes probably a couple of those chances that he had yesterday particularly the one in the box where he took that extra touch over the Sheffield Wednesday defender oh yeah Yeah, Yeah, and, and, you know, a striker, uh, you know, who's scoring for fun probably hits that first time. So, you know, the the dilemma comes for Cisco is whether you you risk kind of trying to play a player into form at this stage of the season or whether you kind of go for for a trusted source. And I'd probably say the latter, but Mm. that's not to say success can't have an impact off the bench, you know, in certain
1: games. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and Ben, we 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 often ask this what is going on with Steve Paperica? Do you think that it's just Cisco doesn't rate him or um possibly he probably doesn't fit into what Cisco wants to
2: do with the actual team. It's from a Watford fan perspective, it's like where is he? Because we, we've seen signs this season where we thought, oh, he, he, he could be the one that answers our um questions up front. He could be the one who could lead the line. He, he's the one who's going to bag 10-15 goals to the season, but mm. he, he's not really been given the opportunity. Is that because when he's, during the week during training, he's not impressing cisco Is he, is he not um, doing enough to try and warrant a start or even a bench place? So that's the thing. He's not even featuring on the bench lately. Um, right. Is this because we've got a really good, strong squad as well, so it's difficult for him to even fit in, but yeah, it's an odd one. Um, yeah. I, I, I don't know what to make of it, really.
1: Mm, yeah, well, you know, like you says, it, you don't really want to disrupt the, the the flow of the squad, especially with us doing well. So maybe it's just like that the rest of the squad are doing that well. He might not be able to get, get a look in, but it is an odd one because I'm sure like myself and many other Watford fans were sort of excited to see what he could bring. And um, I don't know why, but he gave me Alexander Hayhoe vibes. Um, which which was this yes. uh, eye but uh, <laughs> he, I, I did like Kehoe I thought he was one of the best players on the uh, pitch against Crystal Palace in that playoff final years but ago that final yeah. yeah yeah we won't talk about that too much um, but obviously those substitutions happened and then there was a big let off wasn't there uh, Sam alluded to it earlier in the podcast that ball over the defence and Jordan Rhodes usually you'd put, you'd put your house on him to score from there wouldn't you Sam and that was a big let off wasn't it
0: Yeah, it was. uh, It's those fine margins that you often look back on later in the season and think, you know, that, you know, I I don't, obviously, you get promoted by by yourself, but you also have to look back at those moments of luck. And that's probably one that we will be looking back on later in the season. Um, Yeah, I I, I was just waiting for the ball to hit the back of the net, to be honest with you. And I was surprised to see him hit it over from from that distance. But yeah, you know, that's the problem of us not getting that second goal as well because you know you asked me earlier but we really could have killed the game off if, mm. if we did perhaps you know step up the tempo and go for that second goal and you know could have ultimately come back to cost us which you know luckily it didn't and uh you know we're still alive in second place
1: absolutely uh, the only thing i can think is because he is that clinical uh, jordan rhodes and i know chef wed aren't doing very well but jordan rhodes is generally you know speaking he, he he knows where the back of the net is, but the only thing is, he probably wasn't expecting it because I think CRL to maybe got ahead on it. It's yeah, he got the flick it. on, didn't he? Yeah, yeah he, got the he flick wanted on. the assist. Yeah, yeah, it would have been a great assist. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I would have sort of put my house on him to score, but thankfully that wasn't the case. Um, ben, we we made a substitution on the 72nd minute mark. Uh, Ken Semmer come on for Jean Pedro. Was you perhaps surprised to see Semmer play? play even a part. I mean, I put him in my starting eleven yesterday and I just thought that Cisco would sort of spring a few surprises and obviously people were right to say, well he only played forty eight hours ago but I just thought, you know, Cisco might do something crazy like that. But was you perhaps sort of shocked to see him come on? Cause, you know, he's he's been a player that we've talked about in this season so far about maybe looking fatigued, needing a rest and all this. And then he's played 48 hours ago and then he's, he's coming on to, to play the best part of 20 minutes. Yeah, considering he, he didn't get back to England until,
2: what was it was it Friday? He managed to get back to England after playing for Sweden. So Go yeah, on today the then? Yeah, so, Oh, Thursday, I mean. So yeah. they played Wednesday night, travelled back Thursday. So He only had 24 hours really back in the country and then he was asked to play 20 minutes off the bench. It was a strange one. I was fully expecting maybe Hungboy to come on who was probably a bit yeah. more... Um, energetic, a bit more. Um, he, he'll give it full throttle when he is he, in their face and that, and where Sam may maybe a bit tired. And I must say, by the way, whilst we got Sam on here, fantastic interview. If you've not Thank checked you. it out already by the Thank WD18 lads, absolutely smashed it again. But Hungbo, what, what, what an individual. And he's so driven, isn't he? And I just yeah. love what he's not one of these young guys that's like, oh, yeah, I'm in the first team. I pretty much made it. He's like, no, nah, I need to crack on. I've not made it. I, this could go either way this season. And I thought it was absolutely fantastic. Whoa, what a really good young man he is.
0: Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, no, um completely agree with you. He uh, came across as really humble, really driven, as you say. And, uh, you know, I I know that I don't really get to speak to these kind of young players every day, but. Bit. i was lucky enough to speak to joe and it's very rare i wanted a walk for a player to succeed more than him because he seems so driven he seems so you know capable of having that mindset to to go to the top to go to the top level and fulfill his dream of playing in the premier league so hopefully that's not too far away for him now and you know as i said with, with success but in a different way i think Hongbo the kind of his drive and his kind of youthfulness. I think he could offer us something really important in the closing games this season.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and you know, I will echo what you two have said about Hungbo. I am I'm, I'm really, really looking forward to what he can do with this Watford side. Um so it's 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 gonna be very, very interesting. It's been a while since probably a, a young prodigy from the Academy has sort of excited me this much. Sort of reminds me back to the pre Potso days when we used to bring loads of them through. Uh but yeah, Hungbo looks looks a, a player and a, I can't wait for him to maybe hopefully start a game sometime in a not so distant future. Um, I want to talk about Ben Sheffield Wednesday and a player in particular, I think it was Adam Reach. Were they lucky to still have 11 men on the pitch at the end of the game? Because I think it was Reach. He brought down, was it Sari brought down or he, he, I think it was sorry brought down and he was pretty much through to maybe square the ball. And... Um, Chris Kavanagh seemed reluctant to book him because he was already on a yellow and in the end he actually ended up booking the goalkeeper because he'd, mar- he'd run all the way from the goal to Chris Kavanagh to obviously tell him some pleasantries and then he got booked for descent. but do you think they were perhaps a little bit lucky or do you think there was nothing in it and it wasn't a yellow and it was alright?
2: Yeah, on another day he would have been given his marching orders. I thought there was a couple of examples yesterday. There was, there was another Wednesday player who was on a booking, and he could have got a second yellow card yesterday as well. But I think it was—I think the ref felt sorry for him yesterday, um, only because the, I think the ref messed, messed up a little bit because the guy went down holding his head after Saar's um, leg caught him, and then I think Reach tried to bring him down, and then he ended up playing on and. If the ball went in the back of the net and the Wednesday flower was on the floor, um needed treatment for a head injury yeah. and then he went to send the Sheffield Wednesday guy off for a second, you know, card, I think that's probably why he didn't send him off that um
1: Yeah, yeah. And you know, the there was a lot made, you know. Um, I I was speaking to my brother about it and he said that the the ref perhaps didn't have a great game, which is odd considering uh, personally on a personal level, I don't wanna turn this into a, a refereeing podcast but uh, he um, I think he's probably our most exciting official up and coming official in England you know he, uh, he refereed in Europa League uh, he's, he's had you, a few Did you watch the well, Spurs game when we was in the Prem? Uh, yeah, other than that cock-up <laughs> he had, where he uh, where he should have disallowed Deli Ali's goal, and then he and missed gave a, a stone waller. Yeah, yeah. So yeah,
2: yeah. He's, he, if he's one of the best up and coming refs,
1: mate, God help us. No, no, I know what you mean. <laughs> other than that goal, I should have said. Other than that game, that <laughs> horror show at the uh, Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, he. Uh, I, I do think you know he did the Manchester derby this season. He's he's done a, a few big fixtures. Yeah, here, yeah, so, I, I know what you mean. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's uh, he he perhaps. Do uh, do very well yesterday. Um, we we've got the the ref that gave the penalty last night for uh, Birmingham. By the way, the, the penalty that wasn't a penalty, their second one. We've got him on Monday. Uh, Tony Harrington, the the one that was in charge of the uh, the Bournemouth the uh, the Bournemouth fight. Down in, uh, down in Bournemouth. So, yeah, that'll be interesting. Hopefully, he gives us a dodgy penalty. Um, and then there was one more change where Sanchez come on for chalava I think we used to seeing Sanchez come on in that role where he comes on sort of last five, ten, maybe to, to calm things down and, and sort of bring fresh legs to the midfield. Um, and then the five added minutes, they sort of ticked by very, very slowly, as they do when you one to up. But we held on for the win. And that was the most important thing, you know, 1-0 win come that final whistle. 48% possession for Watford. 52 in the end for Sheffield Wednesday. 11 shots for Watford. Two on target. Eight in shots for Sheffield Wednesday. One on target. Five corners for Watford. Three for uh, for Sheffield Wednesday. Sheffield Wednesday actually put more passes together than we did, which is a, is a rarity that you tend to see at home. So we had a 408. They had 438. So, you know, they're, they're not one of these teams that just hoof the ball. They They do... Want to try and get it on the floor and play, but um, yeah, that that win when that full-time whistle went. You know, as I was saying, I was watching on Soccer Saturday when Paul Merson they went to him and like it was one of the last scores to come up on the video printer at the bottom, and I was like, "Come on, please, please." Uh, but yeah, when when that full-time whistle went, I'm sure me as everyone else was very very relieved. Um, yeah, Ben obviously we didn't know what was going to happen but um, we can only look look at our results at the moment and then anything else is a bonus really isn't it and luckily yeah just at St Andrew's last night just
2: yeah just just got to focus on ourselves I've said that f- for a couple of months now just not worry about anyone else just focus on our own game and since then I think we've we've gone on this amazing run maybe 10 wins out of the last 11 games and it's it's just fantastic six wins on the spin for Watford Um, I think we've maybe last time we did that was when we was back in the Championship, last time when we got promoted as well. Um, It was a really ugly performance yesterday. It wasn't Watford at their best, but we've managed to get the win and that's all that matters at this stage of the season. It's not really about performances, it's about results and what can get you over the line. So I thought it was really good yesterday. Um, We didn't really get much out of our creative players. We didn't really get into the right areas to be clinical enough. Um, I think that's the only thing that really needs to address this week. But once again, our defence created the base for us to win the game, didn't they? Um, nothing mm. really gets past Serial to a Truce Econ. And I must say Truce Econ was outstanding yesterday. Mm. Um, we had a few questions um, when we asked people for questions a few weeks ago. Lots of people were saying Truce Econ needs to come out beside the side. And I, I said that Truce Econ probably needs a bit of pressure from people coming back into the side. And I think since Cabaselli's been getting fitter and fitter, I think Truce Econ's uh, performances on the pitch has got better and better. And for him to be on the bench yesterday, probably pushed Truce Econ even more. And especially him coming back from the Nigeria game as well, thinking, oh, is is the Gaffer going to play me or not? But uh, Cisco gave him the confidence yes. to go out there and play and he put in really good performances and I thought well, that's probably one of his better performances this season and it, I must say his passing's got so much better over the last six weeks as well. I think we've with- a lot of Watford fans have been critical over Truce Econ's um, passing. I think he reminds me of uh, Miguel Britoff sometimes, who is a fantastic defender but couldn't pass the ball. Yeah. Um, but it's similar to Truce Econ, but I feel like he's really worked on his passing lately. And yeah. he did an interview a few weeks back as well. And I think he even alluded to saying that he, he knows his passing hasn't been great, but he's going to work on it. And he looks at stats after games and that. And, he, and he's really done that. And i really, really impressed with Truce Econ.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think a lot of people agree uh, on, on what you've said there. And I think just before we go to an ad break, I think we've we've had a few games this season where we've won scrappily and said, "Oh, those are the games that you have to win scrappily." You know, it will cost, it will mean good towards the end of the season. I think yesterday was a true example of that. So yeah, a, a one 0 win for the Orns. We're going to go to an ad break and then after the ad break, it will be part two of the podcast. Just a few bits of a few stats, which Ben's managed to get together and then look ahead to Monday's game. Voices of the Vic is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in the men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision engineering tools for your family jewels. Manscaped is trusted by over 2 million men worldwide. Join the movement for all your below-the-waist grooming needs. Get 20% off now and free delivery with the code VOTV at manscaped.com. Manscaped has just launched in the UK and we've gone years without using the right tools for the job. You can be one of the first men in the UK to experience their life-changing products. That's why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. The Manscaped engineering team has perfected the greatest ever ball trimmer ever created and just released a new and improved lawnmower 3.0 in the UK. The third generation trim app features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents. Yeah. Um, When I tell you this is premium, I mean premium. The battery will last up to 90 minutes, so you can take a longer shave. It's waterproof as well, so it allows you to groom in the shower. And one of the coolest features is the LED light, which illuminates grooming areas for a closer and more precise trimming. They've also upgraded to a 7,000 RPM motor with quiet stroke technology. And let's not forget about the charging stand. Show off your MOA loud and proud because this intelligently designed stand is a convenient charging dock powered by just USB. So if you're listening right now, I want you to experience that first hand for yourself. Let's get that bush to the touch clean. It's 20% off plus free delivery with the code VOTV at manscaped.com. Make your testes. Your besties (laughs) get 20% off and free delivery with the code VOTV at manscaped.com, and your balls will thank you. Yes, thanks for, uh, thanks for staying with us for part two of the podcast. Uh, it's still very new to us, having to slot an advert break in there. But uh, nonetheless, it's uh, it's good that you stayed with us. Just uh, a few topics and uh, injury news, and then uh, we'll, we'll go on to your questions. The um, Ben has been hard at work, obviously, getting the, the statistics for us. Yesterday, that's 50 points that Watford have gained at Vicarage Road this season, 55-0. Um, and then in terms of the points we've achieved so far, 78 points is the most Watford have achieved after 39 games of a league season, since three points were actually introduced for a win back in eighty-one eighty-two, uh, And then, for those that are interested as well, the comparison to the 2014-15 side, they had 72 points at the same stage. So we're six points better off. So hopefully it ends in the same result. Uh, although, Ben, you you seem pretty confident of maybe even bettering that and going on and winning the league. Do you, do, you, do you actually think that Norwich will slip up even more and that will allow us to, obviously, like you've mentioned, we've still got to play them. But do you think that they've got a few more slip-ups in them or...?
2: Obviously, I, I know it's a tough um, one to actually catch Norwich. I know there's six points in front of us in that. And I, I'd love us to do it. I, I think I just want a trophy in the cabinet at the end of the season because yeah. us being pipped to the title by Bournemouth on the last day when Sheffield Wednesday got that late choir, so that still hurts. Uh, I just want a trophy in the cabinet. It's, it, it would be difficult, but look, they're, they're, they're slowly slipping up. Look, four or five weeks ago, it was nine points behind Brentford. We're 10 points clear of them now. Anything can happen. We can catch Mad other daddy. teams up. It's it's mental.
1: Yeah. Yeah. When you've when you've just said that now, nine points beyond Brentford and now it's ahead of them. Like that just puts things into perspective. I mean, obviously I was watching soccer Saturday yesterday and they kept going to Clinton Morrison who was watching the um, Norwich game and they obviously show the goals and they show any sort of highlights. And I'm not joking you, it was Norwich. Norwich, Norwich. It was like literally all Norwich, all game. And then when he went, when they went in the last minute and Preston equalised, I thought, oh my god. Uh, Sam, do do you think we can catch them just out of interest, or do you think six points is a uh, is a bit too much of a gap, and we'll have to settle for second spot?
0: But... I, I don't think it's too much of a gap, and I know it's incredibly cliche, and it, it's not the answer you were looking for, but <laughs> I'm personally just looking at it game by game. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I'm not just I know Cisco Munoz is just looking at auto, uh, uh, securing playoffs first and foremost but I'm happy if we secure second place I'm happy if we secure first place um, as long as we go up I don't really mind how we do it as long yeah. as it's automatically and not through the stress of the playoffs but it certainly is plausible to catch up with Norwich I don't think we will personally um, perhaps if we kind of maintain that six point gap and we beat them at their place then it will make for a really interesting last few weeks of the season in the title race so yeah, uh, uh, you can't write anything off in the Championship, but I suppose I'll, I'll, I'll be happy regardless, finishing mm. second place.
1: Yeah, I, I think, as you've said there, Sam, as long as we go back up, I, I don't care if it's second. I don't care if we blow this points lead and scrape it on goal difference. I, I just want to go <laughs> up like he, he's got to that. I was I was talking to you, Ben, in a week, and I... Um, In the week, uh, this will probably highlight how interesting my life is, but in the week, I went on a website where you can put in the scores, like your predictions of the scores for the rest of the season. And I did it based on what I thought, like in terms of form and the teams around us and that. And I had it going down to the final day. I think I had Norwich um, winning the title with over a hundred points, but I had it going down to the final day and us drawing with Swansea on the last day two, two, and we went up on goal difference. So, I mean, even if that happens, it will be stressful as hell that last game. But as long as we go up, like Sam said, I, I don't really care how we do it, but if we can, if we can catch Norwich, then I'm, I'm all for it. And like, like you've both said, it, if we can keep that six point gap to when we play them, then uh, you just never, never know. Um, the Watford have won more home games, home league games than any other team in the top four divisions. Um, we've won 16 and it's the most that we've won at home in a season since winning 16 uh, in the top floor in 18 um 18 1982 83 under Graham Taylor so you know it's been a while since we've been this good at home I mean I, I'm struggling to remember the last time we were we were ever this good at home but I think that stat just highlights it um, in terms of injuries as as we mentioned Tom Cleverly is back um, having recovered from a, a knee ligament problem but I think Sam did you say you picked up another little knock did you Sam?
0: Yeah, so I think they were expecting him to be on the bench, but I think they mentioned in the in the Hive live commentary that he probably picked up a another not a minor setback in uh, in training uh, this week,
1: but mm. nothing too serious, and you know hopefully he'll be on the bench on Monday. Fingers crossed, because that he's going to be a very stressful game. Uh, Troy Deeney continues his steady progress from an Achilles tear, and he um, he's working in the gym with increased work, and he's pushing to work outside soon. Uh, but regular checks proved to be positive and then also a person another person who's training outside is um, already is Tom Deli Bashiru because, you know, he did his ACL back in October. So hopefully it won't be long until uh, we we see him. I'd be surprised if we saw him this season, but hopefully next season and hopefully in the Premier League. Um, The talking of the Norwich game, that Norwich game has now been moved to, well, it was always Tuesday, but it's been moved to now be shown on Sky Sports. I think it was originally a red button game, but it's now the main game on Sky Sports, 20th of April, which is a Tuesday, and it kicks off at 6pm. So that's going to be nerve-wracking, and congratulations to a former Watford Under-23s manager, and he was our interim manager at some stage as well, Hayden Mullins, he's been given the Colchester United job um, until the end of the season, and I think he picked up a point yesterday away at Bolton, which is um, Bolton of yeah big big point and uh he faces a relegation battle there I feel a bit sorry for him you know he um the obviously he had that stressful time with us he tried to keep us up and that didn't quite work out but and then he's gone into another job and he's been said right you need to try and keep us up so he's probably thinking what am I letting myself into um so yeah massive luck to him and a a good start for him yesterday Ben I want to Touch on with yourself with the news. We won't go too into depth with this because we put a poll out and I'll read the poll answers out in a minute. 33,000 seat a carbon zero football stadium. We, we, I think, we talked about this months ago on the podcast. Um, I think it's really an
2: episode,
1: yeah. Didn't really hear anything back and, and now it's, it's come up that what has planning permission been put in or. i'm not sure but they want to build it on bushy hall golf course within the next five years according to a planning document are you are you for it or against it
2: it's a difficult one um ideally i I don't want to move away from vicarage road if we could make vicarage road bigger um Mm -hmm. to fulfill what what Watford want it to be i'd love to do that um ideally but if, if we can't do that and i think Maybe they'd have to look at other options and maybe for the, the closest option is going to be bushy. Um, but yeah, like I say, ideally I'd like to stay at Vickery Drove because of all the fond memories that we've all got as well. And because my daughter was born at the, uh Watford General Hospital seven months yes. ago, and I'd love to take her to Vickery Drove to take her to games mm-hmm. and that just because of that personal connection for myself now as well. Um, but if we were to move um to the new stadium in Bushy, it's earmarked to be, I wouldn't be against it either because I know that's what the Pozzos would probably want to do. They've done it with Indonesia, haven't they recently? They've built themselves that brand new stadium as well. Um, And I think they're talking about making it a bit more of a fan park as well. And maybe yeah. putting a hotel there. And this is what football clubs are looking to do now. They're, they're looking to get sites and put other things there where they can get more income from. So I can, I can see what Watford are thinking
1: of um, there, but, the, the, it's very split the
2: opinion, isn't it?
1: Yeah, the um, you put a poll out on the podcast account and stay at Vicarage Road and build new stadium at Bushy with the two options. We had 356 votes in the end, which is like quite a lot of votes. Uh, stay at Vicarage Road, 53%. Uh, 53% and then obviously a close 47% for new stadium. There's pros and cons to both. Like I, I yeah. think we could, we genuinely could do a, a sort of, a, a, a sh- sort of like a mini episodes on that sort of topic alone, because there there is loads of things away up. But as you said, it's what football teams tend to be doing now get themselves a brand new flashy stadium it's carbon zero and you know they, they, there'll be job opportunities created off the back of it because of hotels function rooms i think they'd have like an, an indoor arena which would hold six thousand people so you know there's there, there's loads of things but obviously that personal connection to uh to vicarage roads would would be the big one that i'd be worried about um and then we we didn't get around to answering all the questions yesterday and i know Um, one of our regular listeners Peter Johnson he sent one in Um, we'll start off lightly Uh, Sam I'm sure if you've listened you'll know that we we tend to ask for questions some of them are Watford related some of them aren't Uh, and I'm going to start with a non-Watford related question Um, we'll start with we'll start with you Sam because you're the guest so we want to get your thoughts on this Peter Johnson asked us the other week what is your favourite pudding
2: Wow, that's, a, that's, a, <laughs> that's a tough
1: one to start off with, isn't it? So I've thrown you under the bus straight away. Yeah. Especially Man. when it's nine in the morning. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's not probably not thinking about pudding at the moment. Right, Yeah.
0: <laughs> Do you know what? You, you can't go wrong with any sort of crumble. I, Ooh, I feel like, thinking, yeah, you know, an apple crumble, a, a berry crumble, any of those, you can't go wrong. Well, um well. Also, don't mind any any sort of ice cream. I love love my Ben and Jerry's as yeah. well. Like. So, That's unbelievable. So two top, solid top, choices. there. 9 a.m. Yeah, he um, was, Yeah, yeah. <laughs> proper thrown yeah, him under the bus. Yeah,
2: I'd go with one of those probably. With yeah. with a crumble, are you a cream or a custard guy? I go with custard. I love custard oh, all day long. Yeah, so nice.
1: Yeah. What's Lovely. your go-to pudding, Ben?
2: Oh, I love a chocolate fudge brownie, or I do like a um, sticky toffee pudding as well. Oh,
1: love
2: that.
0: Do you
1: yeah. like the um, you can get like the
2: hot, like sticky toffee sauce on top as well. Like
1: that? Oh, yes. <laughs> I think I'm gonna. I know what up. we're all having tonight. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think I'm gonna have it for breakfast, mate. Let alone tonight. <laughs> um, I, uh, I've recently. I know, obviously, I'm doing my uh, my training, but I tend to sort of pig out at the weekends, and uh, I recently discovered. Me and my mate have recently discovered there's a dessert shop that. Like deliver to where we, because of where I live in Nottingham, it's so rural and sort of in the middle of nowhere. You don't get your big, sort of the big guys deliver. So Dominoes don't deliver, McDonald's don't deliver, none of that. We've got like takeaways in the village where we live, but we've recently discovered on just eat that there's a dessert shop that will deliver. So we've been hammering it the last few weekends, uh, and okay. I must say, hot cookie dough for me is is probably my favorite um my favorite dessert. Um. Let's steer more in, in in the direction of Watford now. George White says four more wins would do it in my opinion. What do you think, Ben? What do you think? Four more wins or? Yeah, I think four
2: more wins. Um, yeah, I'll go four more wins. I think twelve points is enough because I don't see Brentford or Swansea getting six or seven wins to get promotion. Okay. Um, so I think I think four wins is enough for us.
1: Yeah. Sam, would you would you agree with that, or do you want more, or do you want less, or?
0: Yeah, I, I think four would probably do it. Um, even three may just about do it because yeah, I'm more worried about Brentford now than Swansea. Um, uh, you know, I think Swansea were getting away with it for large portions of the last few weeks with their, you know, the lucky penalty decisions they were getting there. I don't know. Uh, I don't know how much either of you follow things like XG, but like their XG was getting worse by the week as well. So mm. they have been getting quite lucky. Um, so I'm more worried about Brentford, but I feel like
1: perhaps maybe three
0: wins and a couple of draws could do it as well.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I'm going to say I, I, um, I was speaking to Sam before we were recording, and <laughs> this is going to come back to bite me on the RCCs, but I was saying I, other than Are you, I don't think Swansea and, and Probably Horahan as well. I don't think Swansea have got goals in them. And the same with Brentford. You look at Ivan Tony scored 28 goals this season, which is absolutely phenomenal. You take him out the side, and I think, some. you were saying, was it Fosu? He's the next highest goal scorer with, like, eight. So, yeah, like, quite a sure. big gap. <laughs> So, but I've I've definitely jinxed that now. I've just said that out loud. But I'm going to go four as well. Yeah, I think that what well, that puts us on ninety points. So uh, yeah, I think four to answer your question, George. Um, Where are, are your four coming from? Four are coming from. Okay, the four are coming from Millwall at home, Luton away, Middlesbrough on Monday, and Swansea last day at home. So where are you four coming from? (laughs) Yeah,
0: no, no, um, Brentford's second top scorer. have a look? It's uh, Sergi Canos on seven. Seven. Um, I mean,
1: the gap is ridiculous. Yeah, it's
0: massive. That. Um, Yeah, so uh, I'll go the three home games. I'll go. Yeah, Reading, uh, Reading, Millwall, and Swansea.
1: And I'm also I'm going to go for Norwich away. Oh, I like that. Confidence. Some big games here. Ben, your four wins, where are they coming from?
2: I think it's going to be Reading at home, Luton away. I'm With Sam, I think we'll get three points at Norwich and then uh, Millwall at home. So I think we'll be all tied up before we play Brentford and Swansea.
1: Oh, bloody hope so. (laughs) (laughs)
2: That'll
0: be really good, though, because... We can enjoy for the last couple of weeks. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly, yeah. But unless we're going for the title, which I feel like will be, you know, much less stressful than hanging on to our automatic promotions. But I hope that we can give the likes of Joseph Humbo probably a couple more minutes. Yeah, Um, yeah.
1: yeah.
0: The likes likes of Jeremy Ngakia, who will probably stay next season and might not be getting first a lot, you know, by no fault of his own. Because Kiko's been unbelievable. He hasn't probably been starting as many games as he would have thought. So, Probably good opportunity to give those guys a run out if we can, you know, get it all get it all done before the last couple of games.
1: Yeah, yeah, I agree. It, it'd be a, a lot less stressful for uh, for us watching as well. I forgot about Reading. I might change. No, in fact, I'm going to stick with who I've said. Uh, I, 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 yeah. I just think that Reading could be a banana skin, although they were. I don't know if anyone saw that miss yesterday, but wow. Um, a regular listener of ours, Jamie Davies, has asked, who is your favourite Watford player from the first 11 in the squad from yesterday? Ben, starting with you, who's your favourite Watford player in that team?
2: Um, oh, this
1: it's a tough one. I've got lots of favourites,
2: um, but if I'm to pick one, I love a centre midfielder, so I, lo- I love Will Hughes. I love yeah. what he offers to the game. Yeah. I think we've improved massively since he's came back into the side and it just shows what we was missing in the first part of the season.
1: Yeah. Sam, do you have a... Oh, it's difficult to nail down one favourite, but is there anyone in, in particular that sticks out for you that's a favourite?
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I would have said Will Hughes, but ju- just to be different, I'll go with Francisco Sierra Alta. Um, yes. Because of how good he's been been this season. And, you know, I, I know we talk about Will Hughes kind of transforming the side when he's come in, but Sierra Alta's has kind of been completely solid since he came into the side, you know, I think at the back end of 2020. So... Yeah, I'll, I'll go see
1: you Yeah. I just realised we answered one of the questions already, and I, I didn't actually look at this. Uh, Mr. Snow's asked us, what's up with Paritza? But I think we've answered that earlier in the uh, episode. So, yeah. Um, James Hurst has asked, firstly, he's asked, what's better, Coke or Pepsi? It's Coke all day. Uh, I, I, anyone got any objections there? I'm more no. Pepsi. Ah, oh, Ben, of course you are, man. Pepsi. I, I, re- so, I really like Pepsi Max at the moment. So when you're in a restaurant and you're like, uh, they're like, what drinks do you want? You're like, oh, I'll have Coke. And they're like, oh, it's, it's only Pepsi. Is that all right? That pisses me off, by the way. You're all right <laughs> with that, aren't you? You're all right. Yeah, yeah, you're I'll like, I, yeah, that's fine. Yeah, that's made my day. I'm
2: happy with that. I'm not complaining.
1: <laughs> I'm not yeah. kicking off at the bar. <laughs> 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 I mean, it's very rare I do offer a Coke when I'm in the pub. But uh, yeah, it's, uh, it is what it is. Uh, and then he's also asked... I think we've actually answered this as well. What do you think about our chances of winning the title this season? I think we've pretty much all agreed that we need to keep it at six points to when we play Norwich, and then who knows? Um, I, I mean, I personally don't think it will happen. But listen, if we come to the Norwich game and we're still six points adrift... Then maybe, just maybe, uh, and then David Hart is sort of. I think it's more a rhetorical question: Can you get a transfer fee for a groundsman? I mean, the work he's done at this season, it's Scott Tingers, I think his name is Scott Tingley, Sorry, the work he's done this season is phenomenal, isn't it, Ben? Like it's it's a carpet. You look at some of the teams, you know, especially the bigger teams, even in the Prem. I think what 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 game was it? I was watching Aston Villa the other week, and their pitch is looking a bit patchy in places. I think Man. Ditty's pitch probably as well, um, looking a bit patchy. And then you look at Watford's and I don't know what he's doing different to the rest, but it's just it's it's in pristine condition, isn't it, Ben?
2: Yeah, we're very lucky to have him at the club. Um I think he used to on the ground staff at Arsenal. Was he in charge of the Arsenal pitch at the Emirates? And then he he moved over to Watford and I think he won awards in the Prem with Watford for having the best pitch as well. And Mm. yeah, it's by far one of the best pitches in the um, Championship or even England. Um, Fantastic work by him and his other ground staff
1: as well. We're we're really privileged to have him at our club. Mm. Yeah, massively. Uh, And just going back on um, the whole... Bushy move. Uh, just want to read out um, a question that well, it's not really a question, but John Parslow said, "How the hell do I get to Bushy Park from Rickmansworth on a Saturday <laughs> afternoon for a 3pm kickoff? I think an away day at Villa will be a shorter trip. I never go near that area on a shopping day due to the traffic, even without football matches on. So yeah, um, that I think that." Probably points in the the direction of his his thoughts on, on the move anyway, um. But yeah, thanks guys, as always, for your questions. We we really do appreciate them. It, it, it sort of like, I was going to say lighten things up, but we don't really need anything else to lighten things up because the way that Watford are playing at the moment uh, we're just going to end the pod on the next game it's a very very quick turnaround we've got Middlesbrough on on Monday uh, away at Middlesbrough Sam going into this one uh, they're, they're coming in, in into this game off the back of a 3-1 defeat to, to Bournemouth how are you feeling going into it considering we're away uh, and it's Middlesbrough they, they, they tend to be quite a tough nut to crack although Bournemouth seemed to crack the code yesterday
0: yeah, going away to a Neil Warnock side is, is never easy in the championship. I mean, we've made light work of it in the past when we went to Leeds and won 6-1. But yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it, it, it's going to be a really difficult game. Um, I actually think it's going to be our most difficult in the running. Um, that's kind of my unpopular opinion. But I, I just feel like that's got the real potential to kind of a place where we could slip up at the Riverside. Uh, at the same time, it. it I feel like if we if we win that game, because it's our most difficult game, I think that that could all but seal it. Um, mm. You know, hoping that, that one or the other two slip up as well. So, yeah, I, I, you can't not be confident with the form that we're in, but also have to be cautious that it's got the potential to be a really difficult game.
1: Yeah, yeah. And Ben, your thoughts going into it as well? It's a tricky game, as Sam's alluded to. Obviously, other than that 6-1 win that we got, to, against Neil Warnock side, they tend to be quite stern teams to break down, don't they? I mean, we only won 1-0 the first game of the season and that was an absolute snore fest, that was.
2: Yeah, I actually agree with Sam and I don't think it's as unpopular as you might think, Sam. I think yeah. a lot of people might be quite wary going in here. I think we might... It's a potential banana skin. uh, They're very good at home. I think they've won their last two games at home. they beat Preston 2-0 and Stoke 3-0, keeping clean sheets in both. So I think it's going to be a really tough game. And with Jal Pedro probably being out as well after he he went off injured yesterday as well, I think we could be maybe a little bit light in some areas, especially up top if we're looking to play Isaac's success again. Um, Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm... It's one of those if we go there and get the result we're going to be absolutely buzzing for it but I'm dreading um, I'm dreading watching it I think it's going to be another game that we'll be sitting watching behind the couch
1: Yeah, yeah definitely Uh, you know I think as you pointed out they're they're the 8th best home record in the league I mean nothing in comparison to ours but uh, 33 points picked up at home out of uh, 19 games so you know not too shabby they're occupying there with the, the likes of Reading, Barnsley, Brentford you know Brentford have only picked up 36 at home and Swansea have only picked up 38 so that's to, to put into comparison it, it will be a tough tough game and as you said I don't think it is as unpopular as you might think because it is going to be a tough old game and I, I think if we win that one that will really show great. I mean I feel like I'm saying that about every game at the moment but if you win that one I think that will sort of determine right you know we mean business and you know it'll be a bit like the the bank holiday uh, the Easter Monday from 2014 15 season against Middlesbrough as well so hopefully it'll be the same uh, I'm going to kick things off with the prediction I'm actually going to go to do you know what I'm going to I'm going to mirror the score that it was for the last time we played them on Easter Monday I'm going to go 2-0 to Watford I keep going 2-0 at the moment but I just feel like that's comfortable enough for Watford, but it will be a tough, tough game to, to, to sort of crack the defence. Sam, what, what's your score prediction going into that one?
0: I'm going to go one all. I think it's going to be a really, really difficult game. Um, and, you know, I, I can't. A, a few people have disagreed with me, but I, I, I'd take a point if you offered it to me now.
2: Okay, yeah. Ben? Yeah, I'd probably take a point now as well. Um, I would I'd ideally love three points, but it's such a tough place to go to, Riverside. And like you say, so Neil Warnock's side as well, they're going to be really, really set up really well, like they were when they came to Vickert the first game of the season. And that was. Um, yeah, he didn't really have many players in, but he brought in from transfer market. I think he only brought in one player. So it was pretty much the squad that he um, took over last season when they just stayed up. So he's done a fantastic job with Middlesbrough this season and yeah. for him to be just outside the playoffs as well, which I think both of us, Mike, we both tipped him for a playoff spot this season mm-hmm. as well because we just know how well Neil Warnock does with these kind of clubs. Um, but yeah, I'm going to go for a draw as well. Uh, to be different, I'll probably go for a 2-2 draw.
1: Ooh, 2-2, two will two. be goals. Um, yeah, we, um, we, we're we hoping that Preston can do us another favour after pegging Norwich to a 1-1 one, one draw yesterday. They've got Swansea at the Liberty Stadium on Monday. And then on Tuesday, Brentford are playing Birmingham City um, at home. So hopefully Birmingham can do us a favour as well. And then Norwich are also playing on Tuesday at home to Huddersfield. So, yeah, it's going to be, uh, if we are going to draw, hopefully the others Drop points in those games as well, but yeah, uh, it's been an absolute pleasure as always to uh, to to speak to you two and uh, Sam. It's been a pleasure to have you on. Really do appreciate it. It's Thank I, I jokingly said uh, when on Twitter I says when we had all the other W D eighteen guys, I'm pretty sure. Uh, it was all wins that we had them on for and I was <laughs> hoping that you'd be the clean sweep and and uh, the 100% record for WD18 on this podcast and luckily it turned out it probably wasn't the prettiest game but it, it's uh, a win is a win and that's all that matters at this stage and Ben really enjoying doing these with you at the moment because of how well we're doing and uh, let's hope soon we can be talking about the Orns actually being promoted but uh, yeah for this week that is all enjoy the rest of your week or weekends you know I'll try and grasp what day we're on as well after cocking up right at the start of the pod but uh, yeah enjoy the rest of your week enjoy the rest of your bank holiday weekends and we go again on Monday and myself and Ben we'll uh, we'll be back in your ears very soon but stay safe and come on you horns